God damn it, Nick Wilkin! I hate you so much! <laughs> you plugged the headphones into the microphone, Jack. It's May 2013. <laughs> no! This is Idle Thumbs 105. No! I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. No! I'm Sean Vanneman. I'm abstaining from this opening. <laughs> All right. There is no love for dad. That's Jake Rodkin. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> You're in it. How's it going, Chris? <laughs> Not bad. How about uh, you, Sean? I'm doing pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm top of the world. Good. Glad to hear it. Yeah. You guys play any sweet vidgums? Yeah. Yeah. Were you referring to a license plate? I mean, a little bit. <laughs> In honor of Deadly Premonition HD edition, which none of us played. Oh, was that is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. What did it come out for? Consoles, PS3, I think. Oh, oh yeah. cool. Whatever that exists. Sheriff Vidgums is in that. No, I was going to talk about the board game we played last night. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we should talk about that. Yeah. Oh, Birdgums. Yeah, let's go there first. We played Risk Legacy. Um, it was the four of us, and then also Doug, our web guy, who some of you know from The Walking Dead. Uh, the game that he you killed him in probably. Uh, it was a really good game. Uh, it's Risk. In, it's played on a big world map, and the battles are like Risk, right? I don't really play Risk. Yeah, but that's yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah, led, yeah. Led yeah the battle system is Risk. Yeah, yep. which but, isn't a huge selling point, but everything. No, it's not. Yeah. But the game is really cool in that it has an additive, persistent rule set that emerges over time. So um, when certain so. Right when you start up the game, when you, op- when you open up the box for the first time, it's immediately a very unusual experience because the packaging is much more elaborate. There are things in sealed packages that say, don't open this until you know this set of conditions happens. Don't open this until this other set of conditions happens. And then uh, immediately before you start playing your first game, you have to start choosing one of two special rules to apply to each in-game faction. And that is achieved by peeling one of two stickers off of its backing putting it on that faction's reference card, and then you literally destroy the other rule you didn't choose. Yeah. Um, so you're immediately, right from the start, your game has like five variables that are different from, that are potentially different from the game that other people are starting with. And then it just, it stacks from there. So it's like the tutorial that makes you comfortable with destroying pieces of the game. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. It was, it's definitely a weird thing to like tear up intact pieces of your game. You know, mm. it's not a thing that board games ever have in them so it's it's interesting experience that's a really yeah and then oh no well and so over the course of the game and over the course of multiple games uh different in-game uh states trigger additional rules changes and uh and modifications and you know you sign the board and the winner gets to put his name on a line sean won the game we played yesterday um and it's just it's just really interesting it's i've never it's it takes a lot of interesting things from persistent from video games with persistent layers 
um, and puts them in a context that I've, you know, I've never seen that before. Certainly, um, it was cool. Yeah, it feels like one of those games that is going to be really hard to get, <laughs> like buy mm-hmm. shortly. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really, I liked it a lot. I really like. It feels like the rules that you apply for like the your factions at the beginning allow you to play a different way too, which is mm-hmm. something that is not at all the case in Risk. And it'll be fun to keep playing with this same group. It really seems to like sort of promote. Well, it's like board game night crew. Yeah, a, yeah. a constant crew that's evolving yeah, totally. with the rule set and is remembering. Did you talk about changing the board itself? You kind of like a little bit, can lay down these rules as you go in to do a battle or something like, oh, I'm going to scar the land here. And now just that territory or that country is at a permanent disadvantage yeah, for like the life of the sticker or a permanent advantage mm-hmm. like you can yeah. you can place ammunition deficiencies you can place defense bunkers uh you can Those also the two i think and then the other sort of flip side of that is there on you can as you go through different rounds you can place cities which give areas mm. sort of slight buffs and you also get to name those cities by writing the name on the stickers so cool town is definitely presiding uh dugtown exists mm-hmm. you know we're going really all original on these. The names. British Isles were renamed Ireland by Sean, and <laughs> an excellent, an excellent little touch. I thought for yeah. the family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It'll be fun as we keep playing. I think to see our relationships. Like last the night, some rumble. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I think like like Doug was sort of like the casual rabble rouser. Yeah, sort of this like this very deft and quiet puppet master. <laughs> Yeah. Well, sort of. I mean, that, <laughs> and then, that was the image Nick gave him. But in reality, oh no, Doug, Doug is like no, the nicest possible guy. Sure, but but the, he was still he was still pulling the strings a little bit. You're only saying that only in the he, most but in the most like honest way though. Doug, Doug's first sort of just second convincing third, suggestion <laughs> was oh maybe someone should attack Nick, and then Nick yeah. was like, "What are you doing? Manipulating the entire game? Yeah. Oh, Doug is the lord of the game. You know what it is? You know what it From is? Behind the, the throne, the is scar card, seat of power. the Neptune's prize scar card has been placed on my brain, and now but I just see, this I'm is basically the, this is the thing about person. Doug though is that he will just be yeah. a helpful person, like in a vacuum like he doesn't right. no, I know. he's not Doug trying to like enact a plan he's just like i love doug he gave me cookies it's fine <laughs> god those cookies were so good they were yeah. brown butter cookies if you never had them you know what we'll get doug, we're gonna them. get doug to put the recipe for these cookies up on the blog yeah oh man yeah they're really good dlc cookies. they're gonna be 99 cents to unlock the recipe for these cookies <laughs> It'd be Walking Dead DLC, and you only get it if Doug is alive. Oh man, that would be incredible! Boom. Oh, that would be really good. Yeah, <laughs> pay ninety nine cents to get Doug's cookie recipe. Yeah, fucking a. Or if he just like if he, he just, just showed, gave it to you, if he just if showed he that were, with you in the game, like if he in if, the third like, episode, he's like, oh, by the way, man, remember my grandmother made these amazing cookies, and I'd make them right now if it wasn't the apocalypse. <laughs> oh my god! And then he goes on to recite them line by line. Yeah, two cups. Perfect recall. Optional quest: find ingredients for Doug's cookies. Oh gosh. Clementine would remember it forever. It's like, oh, remember how good those cookies were? <laughs> Season Alloc- three. Well, then but- you can you can allocate. You can only you only make you only have yield for three cookies. You have to allocate them, and you can choose mm-hmm. to not give one to Clementine. Once oh, you man. do bake the cookies, four percent of players, <laughs> yeah. based on previous actions, would have done that. Once you've baked those cookies, Doug turns to the camera in the game and gives you advice for how to beat Nick in Risk Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> if you happen to be playing Ritz Legacy with Nick Brecken, I, I recommend attacking him, or at least. <laughs> uh, Fan yeah. attack right. and then stockpile ar- like, Scar of you know, South Africa, at least. Nick will remember this. <laughs> <forever>. <laughs> yeah. It's a good game, though. 
Yeah, it was really fun. It's weird playing it having never actually played real Risk. Oh, I had never played real Risk either. Oh, I've oh wow. I played Lord of the Rings Risk once. Mm, sweet. Mm, sweet, good, good work. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, so I didn't have any of the like <laughs> the preconceptions I, right. about Risk that a lot of <laughs> yeah. people have. Although I did immediately. I am not crazy about the battle system. I mean, I think in this context of this game, it's mm-hmm. it seems better than it would have been in regular Risk. Right. But, like... It all being dice rolls is weird because everything, like, all of the stuff added on top in Risk Legacy, it seems seems like it's stuff that was added sort of in the post-German board game era. Right, game right. exactly. Yeah. You got, like, the weird, like, 50s uh, family game of playing a dice roll to determine how many soldiers get knocked out. Yeah, it yeah. just seems like... A, it seems like... It seems like <clears throat> No pun intended. It seems like a legacy, you know, part it, of that game. It does also, I mean, that maps to like D and D type stuff, yeah, and to like JRPG type stuff as well. I mean, like, yeah. right? It's just that the the dice aren't modifying something else. It's just right, your true. die gets a thing. It's not like there's nothing that's you can true. do strategically to it's like not going against the stat. Mm, right. Other than yeah, other than how many guys are attacking and how many actually. guys are defending. Yeah, there was really light. But but almost always it's maxed out. At least awesome, in our game, yeah. it was always three against two huh. until like the very end. That's partly because we, we right. misunderstood one rule, though. That's I think true. Our yeah. unit counts yeah. were way higher because we misunderstood the way that yeah. one particular multiplier worked. That's true. So I think maybe, the game would have been a lot better without that. I think The game would have been better if we played it right. Weird. Right. It, well, yeah. We just I think we were maxed out more often than not because we our troops were worth so much less than they would be in a usual game because we had so many more out on the board than we should yeah, have. Yeah, because that was just a misinterpretation of, of like how reinforcements work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. I would highly recommend this yeah, game. Yeah, definitely pick it up. Um, even if you're thinking you might want to play it, because mm-hmm. like I said, I don't think this game's going to be. Mm-hmm. It hasn't sold super well, and it's clearly two x more expensive for Hasbro to make than most of their other games, which are super cheap. The at this fit point. and finish on the game is awesome. Mm-hmm. It just really think, is incredible. Yeah, it yeah. is like really, really unstoppable. It was, it was designed. I'm just going to give the sort of plug to the guy who designed it. This guy Rob Davio. Um, you might have heard him on on Three Moves Ahead. He's he's a not infrequent guest on that podcast, our sister podcast at idlethumbs.net slash three ma. Um, and he was a, a designer at Hasbro for years and years and years, and he worked on a bunch of risk games and other things. And I think he, he you know, worked on like in their rules division for a while and did other stuff. And this was kind of like his big thing that he, I suspect, will be the thing that he is known for, you know, in in uh, in the years to come, um, because it it it's it's obviously so strongly designed. You know, I mean, most. Hasbro poses a lot of risk spinoffs, and most of them seem like pretty interchangeable. There's a lot of licensed things and stuff like that. Uh, I'm sure that there have been um, cool evolutions and stuff, but this this seems like something really notable and um, particularly unusual uh, in the board game space. Like there's there's something about the feeling of discovery you get that is you don't encounter that very often. You know, like the way ga- video games are sold. There's like trailers and screenshots and fucking previews and this and that. And like you can still be surprised by a game, obviously, but so much of the way video games are consumed at this point, like before you even buy the game, you already know like what it's all about and how it looks and like, you know, every like all this stuff. And then and then you buy it and it's like, oh, okay, cool. And hopefully there's still some surprising things. But in this game, it's like we knew the sort of general conceit of the game, but because board games aren't covered that way, it's not like we watched a you know, like giant bomb quick look where they read right, every right. card thing. There like wasn't the like a... game trailers exclusive phase three preview. Exactly. Like, right. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. You know. You're just, we, we, every, every single get, time we had to like inside the pack yeah, when you what, found what it. What can we expect cities? to find when this drops? Like, bleh. um, you know, every time we opened up a packet or like 
put like put a new rule sticker on the board or on a on a faction like it was a we were learning right. what it was every time it was a really cool feeling for all we know this stuff could have been like covered to death by board game geek two years ago when this yeah, game came out but it doesn't like, feel like that's as much how yeah. board games are because there is no expectation of this kind of thing in board games right, right. like there's i mean that's no, like apparatus the, yeah. yeah and there's also the market is just not i don't think like video games are so rapidly devoured in like a ridiculous way whereas board games just by their nature it's like you need other people physically in the same room for you to play them like you just it's not the same as that like midnight launch like get the thing like play it right this second like right. devour it like they're just you so it's not really possible in board games. I'm sure there's a tiny population of people that operates in a comparable way, but it, it is clearly not the way board games are promoted right. and sold. Risk Legacy, because of all these things, would actually adapt really well to a video game, but it would mm-hmm. be such a diminished experience, I think, compared to playing the real thing. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, in the way that like Carcassonne or something adapts pretty well, this game would adapt super well because oh, yeah, it has absolutely. those linear destructive yeah, unlocks. Yeah, mm-hmm. But it's really cool to actually have all the... like. It weirdly kind of fits in the theme, even though it's set in the future. I kind, like, I kind of almost wish that that uh, Risk Legacy had been like a weird mid-century thing because you get yeah, to these certain too. things me and then too. you have to like yeah. snap the little sealed packet out yeah. of the stickers and, and pull it, it open just and you get in an awesome way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's right. like it feels like looking through all the codes in Doctor Strange Love or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but it still it still conveys that feeling really well when you're all in the room and you're like, okay, shit, it's time to bust out the next thing or mm-hmm. like. Someone just physically laying a sticker down onto a board and being like, this territory is now compromised. You're like, you know, it it, yeah. it feels really – it builds on top of the sort of the big board and guys like sliding units around and stuff that you, you know, picture Especially from like old – so when, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Jake had to um, – Oh, our, our game – our copy was slightly defective. We, we didn't have a yellow team. We had yeah, two, we had red, two teams. red teams. So Jake modified – Jake was the yellow commander or whatever. So he modified – the extra red set by taking out some gold glitter, a gold glitter glue pen yes. and marking each guy with glitter. And anyway, I guess as a result of that, you had like a little paintbrush. Oh, I brought that out in case I you... needed to apply the glue, but they just, yeah. yeah. But, but it, it, Jake ended up just sort of, I think subconsciously just using the, no, it's cause the guys were all covered in wet glue. So I then uh, for purely practical purposes, you were like pushing them around, push them around with a stick. Yeah. No, I know, but it wasn't just that. It was the fact that like, even when you were just pointing at things that had nothing to do with moving guys around, you started just gesturing with the thing, and it looked like you were in like on the big board in Doctor Strange over something, and like gesturing with your little extendable pointer, like I wish we'll they moving game. from into West Africa, like right. Everything was everything was like gesturing. The same way that when we played Imperial Twenty Thirty, my wish was that there was a like a circular projection, gigantic version of the world oh, map. God, we got to make that still. Um, I wish that Risk Legacy somehow had like two x the board size and just came with the little croupier uh, sticks, so that everyone yeah. had to actually move <laughs> units around with that yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, the like the wizard uh, final challenge version of this game where there's a bunch of people up on stage playing risk legacy and it has a gigantic map of the world with units you have to push around on a stick mm-hmm. would be the best game they're all in ceremonial dress but yeah it seems like you have to play like or you don't have to but the game seems like it's based around playing 15 games of risk about that's yeah. how that's how many it takes mm-hmm. to, yeah, to fully unlock everything in the world and that, right so yeah. the person who's won the most games after 15 of them is apparently the ruler of the world and gets to name the world. Uh, you get to name continents and stuff as well over the course of this, so the nomenclature of your game just becomes completely stupid by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for that. Let's go. Games. Games. Board games. I know. It was fun. So thanks for listening to Three Moves Ahead episode <laughs> 217 or whatever this is.
Actually, yep. Three Moves Ahead does have one episode that's specifically dedicated to Risk Legacy oh, with cool. the lead designer yeah, yeah. on it. Oh, bro, um, yeah, yeah. I think oh, yeah, listen to right that. around the time the game came out, that guy is on there with those guys dedicating an entire episode to it. So um, I don't remember the number, but if you look for it, you will find it on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually, it's, I wasn't thinking about this until we started talking about Risk Legacy, but this week ended up, all, all the games I played this week, and there, I played three games basically. I played Risk Legacy and two other computer games, and they were all... They all ended up being about discovery, in a in in a, in a more to a more extreme degree, you know, than just than most video games mm-hmm. are. Because um, like I feel like there's a difference between surprise and novelty and discovery. You know, like there's like content that is surprising, like specific authored content right. that's like, whoa, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's like pure discovery where you're like engaging with things in a way that's unusual. And I think that within the context of a board game, I think Risk Legacy falls into that category. You know, like the the part of the, it's not just like, oh, it's surprising that this is the rule. It's that the, it's that it's this specific rule. It's surprising that like the way that you're, that that rule is like entering play is through an unusual means and like it's an act of uncovering. Yeah. And we're still like, we still don't know where, what even though like what the parameters for new rules are. Like when we play new games, like we don't even know what form they're going to take. You know, the impact those rules will have. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. Yeah, for sure. Like we put, we put down scar stickers and like, Oh, there's this country's screwed. Now we don't have any sort of, we have no bearing or understanding about how that's going to affect future play, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah. Like, you know, I think we're going to, right. Yeah. Who knows? That's kind of what I was talking about earlier. It's like, as we start to develop sort of shorthand relationships about like, Oh, so-and-so won this time. So there's sort of at like a subconscious disadvantage, you know? Yeah. And also as like, like we didn't do any, um, there was like very little diplomacy. There was very there was little. None. There was like, like zero diplomacy. Hey, how about we all, knock him out you know let's all take this one section of this continent so he doesn't get the bonus anymore mm-hmm. there's very little we of should that. have done that against you i know that's why i want <laughs> sean was just massing up in in europe yeah i was, was just hardcore. fat in europe it was awesome yeah. uh but i think that'll be really fun to see how those those things evolve mm-hmm. i mean it's not it's sort of like on the fringe of what you're talking about but yeah like will long-term so, allegiances form if like if me and oh god just keep crazy. getting it's our like, butt kicked and then we're eventually yeah. like okay I don't care if neither of us win, but we're going to make sure that Chris does not win this round. No matter what happens, that guy, because like, does it end up, do you end up getting that sort of metagame stuff? If you see like, if Chris wins one more, he gets to name Mm, the earth. Like, are people going to then deliberately try and sway a game just because of the win-loss ratio? What's funny is, or because of feeling I don't think that's really mechanically supported, but I wonder if it'll, it's one of those things that will evolve just because of our personalities, but like. It definitely was mechanically supported in Imperial 2030. Yeah. Because you guys are I feel all like 2030 sort of, was more about because that. Because people than this game. own like partial stake in multiple of, countries. Of, yeah. of multiple countries and share yeah. the ownership. Did you ever play? Yeah, you've played it. I haven't played it. But you yeah. own it. I own it. I've never played oh, it. Oh, let's, we do it. Play let's that. play it soon. We Imperial play it. 2030 yeah. is great. That yeah. game, yeah. it's a not like it's funny because in Imperial 2030, I I remember when we first started doing the sort of wheeling and dealing stuff, we all kind of stopped and asked, like, is this what we're supposed to be doing? Because the yeah. like, the rules don't mention it. There's no there's no trade mechanics. There's no negotiation mechanics. But then we were just like, well, obviously, yes, because I'm a majority shareholder and these two people are minority, minority yeah. shareholders in the military of this country. So you, we should talk about it. Right. And then Steve would sort of lean back in his chair and start playing Deadly <laughs> Premonition instead. Yeah. Um, and then he would win secretly somehow. But that's a different story. Yeah. Um, so, so back I, to on your thread of. Discussion. Yeah. Yeah. So the so I played two other games this week. 
I don't know if either of you guys. I don't know if any of you guys have played any, either of these games. Before we get off that, uh-huh. really quick. Yeah. Sorry, before we move entirely from Risk Legacy, the episode of Three Moves Ahead is episode one forty four. Oh, okay. So cool. check that out if you want to listen to more Risk Legacy stuff from those guys. Yeah, thanks for the heads up. Um, so I pl- I don't know if any of you three guys have played either of these games. I played Starseed Pilgrim just today mm-hmm. on Steam, and I played Candy Box. I want to know if any of you oh, guys man. have played I've this. Only play- this. I only played okay. a little Candy Box. Okay. So everyone like nodded. This shit's been going around. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, yeah, it's it like been going it took around, over. Yeah. I'll talk about that first. Then I guess so. Um, it took over the Double Fine office in a major way last week. Like it just w- within like two hours of the first person internally linking Candy Box. Basically, everyone at the studio was was playing this game. So you can find this at candies dot um, anyway dot net a n i w e y dot net candies.anyway.net um and i don't even i don't want to describe too much about it because like as i was saying it's so much about pure discovery like you starts off and you go to this page and there's just a number counter that just counts up how many candies you have it just says yeah like eight candies and you can click a button that says eat the candies or you can click a button that says throw the candies on the ground and you can just keep doing these and there's not really any real feedback like you can throw the candies on the ground and then there's a little emoticon sad face, but like there's really not much. And then as the candies pass a certain threshold, like another UI element appears on the screen. This is all just HTML. It's all just text yeah. and like just button. Because element, you have this elements. many candies accrued, you can do a different thing. Yeah. And it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going and you just cannot expect how far it keeps going like the 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 ridiculous breadth and depth of this game starting off from just this like one little count it like incrementing candy counter is out of control it is the weirdest most unassuming strange thing and it the whole game is basically about nothing but discovery like it's just and i mean it, be, it starts to become about other things too but for for a, for a long time all you, you're just trying to just keep up with the weird bits of content and systems that keep accruing themselves onto this game. It's also a, it's that the game is predicated entirely on just waiting for you to accrue more candy is weird and good. And I think it's what allowed it to overtake. That's why the game has overtaken all offices and all people who have computers that are on all the time. Cause you can just have the browser tab open off to the side or like on your second screen or in the background occasionally just, barfing out candy forever and then yep. a weird thing has shown up on your screen yeah so the the, the first the first comparison that i thought of when i played well not the first but after the game started to like unfold several times in a row um the the thing that i thought of was frog fractions yeah. because mm-hmm. that game similarly starts in an incredibly unassuming way and then continues to like morph into something else it seems like frog but, fractions plus free to play to me like the weird, like yeah, but there's no you don't put any money. No, in of course not. Box, but the yeah. sort of like the notion that you just have to keep yeah, waiting tick, for a thing the to fact accrue that over time tick, yeah. for for no so the, reason. Yeah, that's a real, that's a good observation and totally true. But the the difference that I perceived was that frog fractions is very self consciously like crazy. What if you like went to Mars and like crazy? It's like the wackiest thing and like it's it's very much like a sort of soft almost like Tim and Eric vibe or something where it's mm-hmm. not like, it's not nearly as, as just bonkers as Tim and Eric, but it's like that kind of modern, very self-aware, um, right. Kind of like super hip, uh, irony, right. Like driven humor. 
Um, whereas Candybox is like the most earnest, almost charmingly naive thing I've played also, in a long time. It's also mechanically additive, whereas Frog Fractions is all it's about true. getting to the next it screen switches and see an entire new crazy phase. thing that yeah, has. Whereas this, totally. like, your stupid candy thing's still going up, yep. you can still eat them and shit forever, mm-hmm. but then yeah. meanwhile, weird... All kinds of other things are going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I, it feels, because of that, because of that additive nature you just described, it feels like Candybox... I would my assumption, and I could be totally wrong with this, obviously, but my assumption is that the guy might have just started with that counter and just kept adding things yeah. and just not stopped adding things for yep. however long months it took him to make this game or however long it took. I feel like we can't say we can't take up much more time talking about this game without actually because we're not giving any details. So anyone who hasn't played this has no idea what we're talking yeah, about. It's and true. people who have played it are just like, okay, yeah, I know. I know. This is gonna be the exact same thing with the next game I talk about too, which is frustrating. But good. One of my cork <laughs> one of my coworkers, Ben Burbank, made the really I thought really cool observation that Candybox felt like when he played Zork for the first time and he just had no idea what the frame like what framework his expectations should take because it was just like whoa I'm just discovering things. That's how I felt. And like, I played wow. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I've never mm. played any MMOs MMO? ever yeah. in my life, mm-hmm. so I didn't understand anything about them. It was just like, wait, I can just, I'm just, I'm going over here, still going. <laughs> just yeah. gonna keep going. Yeah. yeah, that's an incredible feeling. You get like once a decade or something. I know. Yeah, I think it's really know. hard. Portal was a game that was a lot was that for a lot of people because mm, yeah, all you totally. knew about Portal yeah. was there's puzzles. Yeah, and there's yeah. portals. That's definitely true. And then like it's a game that just keeps adding and adding and adding and adding mm-hmm. and adding in a mm-hmm. way that you just don't. You have no idea what the next thing is that's going to show up. Mm-hmm. The the difference. The you're totally right. Portal was that for me as well. And even I think WoW was to a degree with me as well. I had I had played like an hour of EverQuest in 1999 and I hated it so I stopped. But uh, but World of Warcraft was probably pretty similar for me, just largely in the exploratory parts of it. Um, but the thing that is so charming and um, effective about Candybox to me is just how I already use this term, but just sort of how naive it feels, which could be a totally unfair claim. Like it's possible the guy knew exactly what he's doing and like had this plan like very specifically crafted, but. It feels to me almost like outsider art or something. Like it's so far afield from how games look, and like it is, it it attempts to to use so few of the sort of traditional ways of impressing you that a game usually does. Like this game's very cart impressive, life. but cart life, except that this game just looks like nothing. Right, but cart life reminded me like everything that you just said to describe that game. Mm-hmm. I think including the feeling of discovery. Like uh-huh. when we were all playing cart life together, we were just that's like, true. You're right. Okay, we got the newspapers. Oh my god, this is how you have to cut the papers? Like, this is like, yeah, every time true. a that's new screen showed yeah. up in that game, mm. your perception of what that game was, it, instead of reinforcing it, it was adding to it and adding to it and adding to it until you were just like, where the heck does this game stop? Like, yeah. what, you know, I don't know anything about what's going on here. Yeah, no, The totally. experience was really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Candybox. Candies.aniwey.net. It's, it's and you also thing. played Starseed Pilgrim? I played Starseed Pilgrim, yeah. And That's this a game is... people have been telling us to play for a long time and we haven't. And you did it. Yeah, I did Thanks, it. Chris. You played it though too, Nick, right? Mm, no, no. Oh, okay. So this game is about... <laughs> no, 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 Games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I played Starseed Pilgrim in 1999. But... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. God. Starseed Pilgrim. <laughs> anyway. You need two joysticks to play that? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so Starseed Pilgrim is... Um, it's a 2D game uh, with really simple sprite uh, artwork. It's it's really it's not like dazzling, you know, like Fez or or something like that. Like it's a very um, low key uh, presentation. 
and you essentially just control a little guy and you walk around and you collect these seeds and when you plant the seeds they create like tiles in the world that you can jump on you know mm-hmm. the, they become the framework of the level um Do you have to place them in prescribed areas no you place them wherever but they grow like the, when you plant one other blocks grow out of it in different patterns that are dependent on the color of seed that it is okay mm-hmm. and so you kind of over time you start to learn what these are but what's what's interesting about it is that beyond that simple mechanic which i think the game kind of prompt you it says like spacebar to, to grow um the game doesn't tell you at all what you're trying to achieve at all it was shocking like this is the difference between the kind of discovery inherent in this and the other two games talk about candy box and and risk legacy both of which are very much about discovery i think but which um through risk legacy explicitly walk you through the steps to get yourself started and like you know allow you to play the game until you hit a thing that says the next thing to Plus, do. And in the case of Candy Box, reached, like, yeah. yeah, and in the case of Candy Box, the game ticks along and thing, you have to try things, but the a lot of the revelations will kind of become naturally apparent, like how you achieve the next thing. In Starseed Pilgrim, all the mechanics are there, or not all the mechanics, but the like all the base mechanics are there, but you don't even know what you're trying to achieve at all. It took me, it took me probably, this is, I, maybe, I don't know if this is like, longer than it took most people or shorter or the same or what, but it took me probably half an hour even to even <laughs> figure out like what I was trying to do on just the most basic level. Like, okay, I can plant these seeds. So what, like, what am I, what does that mean? Um, the game doesn't deliberately doesn't tell you this. It doesn't have a tutorial beyond just moving around and planting a seed. Um, and then once you figure out, like once you achieve like a, a thing that feels like, oh, okay, I, I achieved this thing. The game just puts you back at the beginning and you're like, what? did I just lo- lose my progress? And then you have to like realize, what do I mean lose my progress? Like what is the concept of progress in this game? And you have to figure that out and you have to like I, – I played for like an hour then and then I figured out like what the persistent element of it is and then what is like the one of the – like the larger meta goal I'm trying to achieve. And then even from there, it's like other things start to unlock that make you think, well – well, okay, do I just keep doing more of this? Like, oh my god, there's this whole other thing. It is so weird. I have not played a game like this in a long, long time. What's that a similar is, experience? I can't even think of one. Like I So a long time since before you existed. Well, mm-hmm. I mean it's like what it's like what Sean was saying with World of Warcraft, where it's like when you're when you're playing a new kind of thing you haven't played before and you just kind of have to figure out what it's about, except that in the case of this game, it wants you to figure it all figure it all out from scratch. Rather, I mean, so I guess one of the closer comparisons I would say is like the stuff in Fez that's beyond just finding the cubes, but that game has so many hours in it that are pretty straightforward of just finding the cubes that it's not entirely comparable because you, you can play so much of that game without having to do the in, like the stuff that you figure out on your own. Um, when I say figure out on your own, I mean figure out the framework of what you're trying to achieve. Right. Like that's that's the stuff in Fez that I'm talking about is like the crazy additional cubes you find and like the way that you read the world to do that. This game is like that, except it starts that way from square one rather than easing you in with a traditional platformer. Um, God, it's so hard to talk about any of these games because I can't (laughs) say any of the things because I don't want to I want to I want to preserve the experience for people. Um, But it's I'm really impressed by Starseed Pilgrim because 
this for a game that is sold commercially, like unlike Candy Box, for example, um, man, the guy has a, the guy who made this has a lot of faith in his audience for sure. Because if I didn't, if I hadn't heard other people say this game was good, and if I, if there weren't people who recommended it to us, I don't know how long I would have sat there just trying stuff. Because I'm like, I literally don't know what I'm trying to do, and it seems like I just keep failing and starting over. And I have no idea if that's good or bad or neither. Like it was weird and I'm really glad I stuck with it. But man, it was unusual. I mean, it's admirable in that way, but like really Hmm. strange. Yeah. Starseed Pilgrim. It's like six bucks on Steam. (laughs) (laughs) Two thumbs up. People always always give us shit about saying the name of a game and talking about it for 45 minutes and they don't remember what the game's called. So Starseed Pilgrim is what that's called. It's a video game. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like video games again. Oh yeah, you played. You played one. <laughs> Sean you declared he was done with video games like yeah. a week ago. I, I've, in case people haven't been able to tell, I haven't been excited about a video game in a long time. Mm-hmm. I think months. Remember mm-hmm. the last one I was really excited about? Dota two. Eh, it doesn't count. <laughs> that's, that's not a that's video that's game. That's, that's different. different. <laughs> I'm not even excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game is that's different. That's my life. <laughs> something uh probably cart life was the last game that i was truly truly excited about uh-huh. um no but back when it came out i played XCOM and i liked it and but it didn't catch and then right. this weekend i was just sort of farting around and uh i was like oh i should really i was gonna wait for the and complete it on the ipad version because i thought that was really interesting and cool that it was coming out on ipad but i said no i'm just gonna try it again but i said it it'd been a long time since i played it a and b I just set it to Iron Man mode, which is like, oh, I'm just going to beat it for the first time on Iron Man, whatever. <laughs> it's Incorrect the, statement. No, That's it's false so what you just good. said. Oh, it's so good that way. Oh, I'm not saying it isn't good. Oh, I'm just saying it got the me. claim I'm going to beat it the first time on Iron Man mode is incorrect. <laughs> we'll see. All right. <laughs> beat it be, be before Barack Obama does. <laughs> that well, sound? you're probably, I won't argue with that. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, we see just, Barack Obama on Twitter, the yeah. like Steam install complete XCOM. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. He's a professional commander. <laughs> He's a professional commander. That is his job. Yeah. He's the chief commander. Yeah. I'm just True. imagining the achievements comparison just slowly unlocking as you're yeah. sweating. And he's like got one of those st- like paddle boards yeah. with like the the ball on the end and the string. That he's, and he's like playing with one hand. Yeah, with, well, well, he's with the other hand. Like, yeah, yeah. He's talking to Michelle <laughs> and like Bo comes in. He's like you know does fetch the, the Obama foot. versus Vanaman. XCOM Iron Man yeah. montage. Right. And Obama's just, like, like Obama's doing it. Right. It cuts to you. You're just like bullets. Yeah. It's just so good this way. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. The plan with the race to the finish with Obama, it is so good <laughs> this really, way. Well, look, There's you, nothing uh, like if it. Really if you want to enjoy the, XCOM, you have to go heads up against the president of the United, of the United States. States. <laughs> it's the only way to play. And if you can't do that, then... I feel bad for you. I feel very bad for you. You should probably just play baby games. Like that candy Facebook. store. I mean, all games are baby games compared to playing hardcore Iron Man XCOM versus yes. President Obama. I would say, <laughs> like... I'm pretty sure every other like Frank every other video Epo game is, is, is a baby, baby game. game. Compared to... Yeah. yeah. I just... it. I care so much about every single about thing I country. do in that game. Oh, and our country. And America. <laughs> I'm just trying to expose Obama as a fraud by beating him <laughs> in XCOM so we can take our country back from 
Them. Them. Duh. The fake America. Yeah. Bullshit America. With taxes and roads. Noob America. <laughs> Baby America. Wooden yeah. PC. Nooblar America. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's so funny how one, one rule change just completely uh, altered my perception of... Yeah. And just amount of fun I was having. By that one rule change, you mean the permadeath Iron Man thing? Every single... just sort It saves every time I make a choice. Right. Yeah. I alt f forward because the game was being really wonky on the UI. It's a couple UI bugs. I had to alt f forward. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to have to restart. No. It was safe. Oh, it's right like, there. It's yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Also, all of my... Uh, you guys know this. I said this yesterday. But all of my soldiers are named after NFL quarterbacks past and present. <laughs> Makes me very happy. Except if I get a lady soldier, I, I don't have it in me to say, not... What do you do? Yeah. I name them after pop stars that I like. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> you don't just, ge- like, regender the name of a quarterback? Oh, that's not a bad idea. Oh, I could always change their... I love that you can just change their names. It's so funny. Yeah. No, because, like, right now, it's like... I just did a mission where the only two survivors were Warren Moon and Kylie Minogue. <laughs> 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 Which is just oh like too Scooby Doo for me. Oh, to so not Warren Moon is Moon. still hanging in there. Warren Moon is my—he's my first soldier. Yeah. He's amazing. When he goes down, because obviously he'll die. It's—I'm going to be devastated. Yeah, because Tom Brady was like my third uh-huh. most senior yeah. soldier, and right before you guys came over to play Risk Legacy, he just got shot in the face from like a freak. Like it was a very like he was yeah, in an elevated that, position, yeah. and he was in cover, and it was just against one of the little. Little squidlings, one of those guys, little regular guys. So he was like, the, he was a shock death. Yeah, I no was like, hold on, guys, I just got it. You were there, right? Yeah. And I was like, hold on, I'm just gonna take. A- <gasps> and it was just the way it was like one Brady shot, down. and he just like his head snapped back. Yeah, and he was dead. Tom Brady, no critical strike. Like right. yeah. he hadn't been shot at once, and he, oh yeah. my. Giants God. fans went wild. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dion yeah. Branch just cried and yeah. cried. Wes Walker. Yeah. Uh, it was so, oh. but yeah, I started it is because I randomly rolled a guy who's like, oh, that guy looks like Warren Moon. I was like, one of my favorite quarterbacks ever. And that's how it started. Yeah, but same with the female pop star thing. I was like, oh, that girl looks like Kylie Minogue. God, that Kylie Minogue, sorry, that Kylie Minogue video, the Michelle Gondry one where she's walking around oh. in circles. Oh, it's so good. That is enchanting. the best video. Oh, it's so that's good. In my head. I Watch it during the break. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Oh, it's oh an amazing God. music video. Oh, it's it's so one of those good. music videos that reminds you that music videos are and were rad. Oh, man. Right. Yeah. Good Godry, music Godry video. videos. Oh, I've got yeah. like a compilation Yeah, videos. see, that's what I had. Oh, yeah, yeah. so good. Yeah. Anyway. How, how much XCOM have you been playing since you started up? <sighs> I don't know. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Of, a lot. Cool. It's like last night, it was 11 o'clock, and I said, well, I could play one Dota match. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bed at midnight. I saw you. By the time I got home, you were playing XCOM. And I was playing XCOM instead. That's, so that's where I'm at right now. XCOM is, it occasionally can bubble up on top of, uh, over Dota for, yeah, yeah. I can play based one on my Dota friends list. Or, based on my friends list. Okay. Had uh, James or like Herman been on, been like, want to play Dota? I probably would have, like, I can't say no. But <laughs> That's true. But, there, but people were already in matches and those sorts of things, so I wasn't going to like hang out for 10 and wait for them to end. So you're like, okay, it's time for the, the quarterback so squad. It's nice to, to have to another game I care about. Like, I can't tell you how like nice it is. And I liked XCOM before. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good game. Yeah, but it didn't make a huge but impact. Did, no, it, like, yeah. it didn't stick. Yeah. You know, not at all. Yeah. It's just so nice to have a game that I'm like, like, I'm thinking about it while you're talking. 
You're talking about your shit. I wasn't listening. I was You're talking about, about that baby bullshit. No, I was thinking about candy, guess. whatever. It's got nothing yeah, on the no, head-to-head no. Obama. About Boomer Esiason. He's my new recruit. Nice. Yeah. Good kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's fine. He's kind of kind of chippy. Are you so? Are you said you were like waiting to rename them until they've proven themselves? They go on one mission with their old name, and then if they survive, <laughs> they're baptized. <laughs> they get their new name. They get their yeah. This is like star. the future society where yeah. NFL stars have been yeah, yeah, deified yeah. because for right. some reason the only building that wasn't destroyed was the building that like the hosts NFL the NFL Hall archives and like Hall of Fame. So there's like the there's like the hall with there's like statues and portraits. And then the archive room with all of the footage right, of like yeah. every NFL game. And this is the only thing that every people one of them in this, except in one future... is either a Hall of Famer or a future Hall of Famer. I don't know if Boomer Esiason is even in the cards for that, though. Maybe uh, he's a broadcast. His stats are still preserved. <laughs> but like I got Michael. Well, I got I called Michael Vick Ron Mexico. And if you get that joke, then you will think it's funny. I remember that. But uh, I don't think he's public. I don't think he's going to make the Hall. He's tarnished. He's going to make the uh, XCOM Hall, though. My KIA list. He'll be on that. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be at the top of that list. Yeah. yeah. What's funny is what's really funny about that. It sucks too. I wish I could like reorder it almost. Is that that list is just a bunch of names I don't know that just all seem like strangers because the people who didn't make it past their first mission. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, oh yeah. man. <laughs> like so that that's even more that's oh even God. more cultish. Right, 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 it's right, like right, right. those people immediately leave oh, the public, like the yeah. co- like the shared consciousness of like. Of this organization, they yeah. fuck them. They're dead. No, it's I'm like who's Sergey Rachman? What the? <laughs> who's that? And then he's yeah. like right next to Jim McMahon. <laughs> I'm like oh yeah, oh, oh Jim, yeah, an American hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because there's like a bunch of people on that, and I'm like, I didn't kill this many people. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Tom God, Tom playing Tom your was. first game on Iron Man, I can just imagine how many dead people you must have. I'm not too bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've never lost more than two mm-hmm. in a mission. That's good. I've wiped on, I've wiped in Iron Man. I was playing what, hardcore What, what Iron difficulty Man, level are you playing? Just normal. Okay. Yeah, 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 that's good. Baby mode. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Baby Iron Man. Hardcore is really tough. Obama's yeah. like the next one. Yeah. <laughs> normal hardcore Obama. Yeah. It just says, you click Obama, it's Potus. like establishing connection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this game was on. Now, let me be clear. Yeah. You are not going to survive this. <laughs> yes. That sounded like a weird Super Nintendo text synthesis Obama. Yeah. And then he says, Welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> what? Double dribble. Double dribble. Prepare to qualify. Um Yeah, I think that the way that you're playing against Obama is that you've somehow like spoofed in. So he thinks that he's playing against Biden. Oh man. It's and he's like, like, Oh, this quarterback's yeah, like, considering my <laughs> oh, good old Biden, of course, Biden is yeah, hilarious. Huh? Considering what? Oh my God. You're right. Is Biden. Oh my God. He's sees Biden. Yeah. Oh, that looks like Joe Biden. What a weird last name. He's Joseph. Classic Joe. Crime fighter one. That seems, that seems like Joe. Oh, he's naming all his guys after quarterbacks. Classic Biden. Anyway, one who have to floor at this school. Oh, God. Completely, like, just coincidentally. Meanwhile, Biden he's in the hall. Walks, yeah, Biden. He's in the hallway yeah. listening to that Kylie. He's like, that Kylie Minogue got a tight little body, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, Joe. <laughs> <laughs>
But then during the climactic battle, during like the final battle, he's he's like he's there on his computer, and then Biden walks in the room and just goes, "Hey, hey, man, hey, Brock, how's it going?" He's like, "Kyle Minogue." This. You're not Wolf Cop 2. <laughs> God damn, that's, that was like the first seed of realizing that Pierre was not Wolf Cop 2, was peering between. I had this great little, like, so my, the way my monitors connect, there's like an inch in between them, mm-hmm. and I can peer right through that slat yeah. and see Pierre at his desk. Right. And I remember, like, me- getting a message, boop, it popped up in Neptune's Pride, and looking, like, having my head just move like three inches to the right to look through that slat, and Pierre wasn't at his desk, and I was like, <laughs> Something's fishy about this. Yeah. Something doesn't smell right. That's not <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, yeah, let me know how you do against Obama. Let me know how it pans out. Yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I'll see it on like CNN or something. Yeah. Probably. The game's going to be live streamed on Twitch and C SPAN 2. <laughs> Twitch and WhiteHouse.gov. <laughs> God. WhiteHouse.gov opening a Twitch account. They got a Vine account. Maybe yeah. they'll get a Twitch yeah. account. Yeah. Can watch watch Obama's Have there been any more White House set, uh, vines? Promo? Have there any? I only yeah. saw that stupid bike one, and then I don't know if there's been any more White House vines. I haven't noticed. Maybe the arc of Vine and the White House will mirror the arc of Vine in the Zeitgeist, which yeah. is like, oh man, Vine. Mm, no more vines. <laughs> yeah. I have I have only oh, one I have only one vine, this weekend. Sure, and I will I will vines. let our listeners look it up and see the stupidity encased in my single vine. Tim's vines. Have we talked about Tim's vines? Are amazing. Tim vines. Tim They're Schaefer's artisanal vines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He handcrafts yeah. those vines. He takes forever too. Like he he will like redo the whole thing until he gets it right. Yeah. Because you can't like. There's no editing. There's mechanism. no editing. You have yeah. to get it's it right. All, or, like or in it's camera over. editing yeah. is what yeah. you would call it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the bathtub one is incredible. Tim Schaefer bathtub vine is key. Oh my goodness! Greatest vines award. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet Michelle Gondry would make sick vines. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, he calls them movies. And he, <laughs> he gets paid sixty million dollars to go make one. That's, yeah, it's an expensive vine. That's a ten million dollars. I gotta second. spend money to make money. Vine IP dot co. <laughs> you guys want to take a break? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I about think so. a, three minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> Video games. It's May nine. Damn it. Nine. 1974. Five, nine, one, three, 59, 13. It's actually May 8th. It's my kill code. <laughs> oh, we're good then. <laughs> five, five, nine, one, three, and then. Doof, 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 doof. You're both dead because I'm a Manchurian candidate. <laughs> You're both dead because I'm a Manchurian candidate. It says. The Manchurian. It says, it says a really says precocious seven year old. Literate seven year old Vanaman. Guys, go back here. You're both dead. I'm Frank Sinatra. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why does he say doll? Oh. Because his friends ran away when he was trying to play Manchurian Candidate with oh, him. Oh, um, no love for dad. <laughs> God damn, no love for dad. <laughs> no love for dad. No love for dad just makes people into dads because they keep saying no long for dad. No love for dad. No long for so long for dad. When I won playing so that game yesterday, I signed book. the board. No love for dad. You did? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you didn't see that? The Sean Vanaman yeah. dash five five thirteen dash. No love for dad. And I was trying to the think way how- you said like five five thirteen. No love for dad. It just sounded like four twenty smoke weed every day. <laughs> five five thirteen. No love for dad. That's what your dad says on four twenty. <laughs> 
Five five thirteen. No love for dad. <laughs> dad, God, look, I'm just, don't smoke any drugs at school today. <laughs> Even though they're all doing it on pot marijuana day. <laughs> Are you gonna have a spliff? Dad, no, I don't do drugs. It's okay. Just do them in our house. I'd rather you be I love inside. The mixed message. Like, this change in directive from 30 seconds ago. Dad's confusing. Dad's he, just, he just wants you to, if you're going to do it, Dad needs to say the guy thing, yeah. the dad thing, and then he's like, right, and then, then don't hedge. do drugs. Well, do, just do them in the house. You're going to buy buy good weed. <laughs> You know what? We'll go to this guy. I, I'll get it for you so you don't get bad stuff. California dad. Video games. I can hear Joe Biden saying no love for dad. <laughs> like, oh, no love for dad. Smile the lights of a room. I can, hear, I can hear Obama trying to quote Biden saying the love for dad in a speech, thinking that he's going to uh, say no, something. No. As, uh, as my good friend Joe Biden say, no love for dad. No love for dad. <laughs> no love for dad. <laughs> no, no love for dad. Well, it just sounds like a, like a declaration yeah. rather yeah. than a. Like, yep. Well, as they say, no love for dad. guys ready for some reader mail i guess guess not is this from oh is this from you the readers it's from you the readers Mm. oh in that case i'll take it that i could get into so matt smith writes g'day thumbs matt here from australia oh hi hi i recently finished playing through arkham asylum and arkham city and while at the beginning of each game I thought collecting all the Riddler trophies would be too daunting a task. I eventually made the effort to get every single one. I'm not one normally to bother with collectibles in games apart from bobbleheads in Fallout 3 and the journey symbols. But I realized that the challenge... So you are. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, yes, you do that. I don't want to do this, but I've done this a lot. <laughs> but I realized that the challenge of collecting the Riddler trophies and their effect on the Riddler story arc, especially in Arkham City, is what made me pursue them. Mm-hmm. My question to you guys is how do you feel about collecting... How do you feel about how collectibles are currently used in games? Do you think most developers just use them as a way of making the game harder to complete 100% or is there normally more care taken? Thanks, guys, for all the insightful discussions and laugh. You're doing a bloody good job. Much love from Matt Smith. Thanks, man. Thanks, Matt Smith from Australia. You know what I think about collectibles, Chris? What do you think, Sean? I don't like when anything in design becomes perfunctory. I agree agree with you entirely. I like collectibles in Crackdown a lot. It was very satisfying mm-hmm. to find them. I hunted pigeons in GTA 4 because I found it was a fun way to explore the city. I did a lot of the Riddler trophies, but there were also puzzles, which made them mm. even better. Even more so in Arkham City. But I instantly became like hated them. I started to resent them when I was seeing Catwoman trophies everywhere mm-hmm. that I couldn't get because I didn't have the sweet Catman deal, Catwoman DLC. Mm-hmm. And I went, mm. you know what sucks? All these things. So then I just kind of fell out of love with them because they were so blatantly um, used to sell me the DLC. It just made the it, it made the the world which I was into one hundred percent. Like I'm Batman. I'm in Gotham. I'm in Arkham. You know, I made that feel like I'm in a product, and then I kind of resented yeah. them. So I stopped collecting yeah. the trophies in addition to not buying the DLC. That resentment is a thing that I think is a really 
powerful it feeling sucks. in games. Yeah, it does When you suck. realize that you are playing a toy, that it is yeah. a product and not a thing that was yep. made to create suspension of disbelief, it sucks so hard. It, yeah. like, I'm glad I still feel that way because it means I'm not cynical yet, I guess. Mm-hmm. There's still a part of me that can be like, oh, man, I was hoping to be transported. Right. It bums me out so much. Yeah, it's the worst. And like, there are a lot of fucking Blood Dragon for that. that. To... In the fucking tutorial. Sorry. Oh, really? Go on. I'm not going to talk about Blood Dragon. Got <laughs> <laughs> to put that dragon back in his cage. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's put, never coming out. Tuck that dragon right back where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> Just pet him on a little nose. Send him home. <laughs> um, but yeah, the... the, the Sorry. <laughs> oh, there he is again. <laughs> it's a blood dragon <laughs> um yeah the notion of perfunctory design is like very strongly linked to that feeling of resentment for me it's because... also really old school so i just keep cutting you off no, i have a lot fine. of feelings okay. it's also a very old school publisher where it's like well back of the box need our four bullets i don't you know think what that's I... what it is mm, i don't know because i don't think you guys might be talking no... about two slightly different things that have the same effect really jake what could that be i don't know it sounds like you are though because you're saying two things that seem real and disagreeing with each other we're not disagreeing we're not we're just having a conversation. I was just going to say, I don't think that um, that collectible stuff is as often put on the back of it. Like, I don't think that's, that's usually right, right, the, right. like, I don't mean it's back in the box, feature. but I do mean sort of, like, people love collectibles as somebody who's not designing the game. That could be true, <laughs> but I feel like a lot a of... somewhere. I feel yeah. like a lot of perfunctory design just happens. Like, it's not prescribed and it's not handed down. It's, it's just, just like... It's additive thing. It's yeah, just, it's like... Oh, gotta, we could do this really easily. Yeah, like, this could Why happen. Not? Like, lots of games have this. People like, what if we have this stuff. in it? Well, you like, can also do a lot of stuff just really comes big, up. Because you can put yeah. three people on it or whatever. Yeah. 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 I had that idea today. Oh, just put it in. Yeah. yeah. It's... Yeah. Well, you're adding value to the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, also, it's... You you put it on people who don't work on the game, but it's worse when it is people who do work on the game and just say, "Oh well, gamers expect this to be there, so we have to put it in." That I don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but the, I, that's yeah. when it's the saddest. But, uh, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, the, yeah, that's when it really hurts. Do you but, like uh, games? No, I don't really. But you know, you got to put it in there. Yeah. It happens all the time. It's really it funny. does, but I, I actually, idea, but yeah. I, I, yeah, and I could be totally wrong, totally wrong about this, and I, I don't know. Obviously, it would be almost impossible to determine what the proportion of this is from studio to studio, but I really do feel like a lot of of perfunctory design decisions are made not for that reason, not because someone said, and not because oh, it's what gamers expect, but just because they just happen because it's just what happens. It's like what goes in a game like this. Oh, it's these things like this is a thing we can do. Like we could support this easily. Like, Oh, steam has achievements in it or like Xbox has achievements. Like what if we tied that to some like collectibles? Like these are all things that it's like very easy to just organically come upon without thinking over how important they are in the context. You hit on like the achievements thing. I think, I think that's definitely, I've definitely seen that work in reverse of just saying, well, we need something tied to achievements. Well, I guess we can throw this thing in the game and you know, I mean, that happens. Right. It's like, well, we didn't design this whole game around the idea of like, external um like validation of arbitrary completion of goals um collecting things or like beating a mm-hmm. chapter or whatever like i mean these are all things that I, yeah some some of those things are more intrusive on the design than others right like when you have to do a bunch of collectible stuff that requires you to actually include an entire system and content in the game that would not have been there if that wasn't there and sometimes that content is va- is a value add like sometimes I, it is I like liked, crackdown I, like you said crackdown. and also I, I thought in arkham asylum like i liked mm-hmm. the the arkham storyline that was sort of slowly uncovered it was really well done like and i say well done in that somebody cared about it like mm-hmm. somebody at rocksteady said as you find these like these old etched in stone glyphs all over this crazy old asylum 
you're going to hear the story of a guy who lost his son. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Like I was, somebody clearly gave a shit and even directed the voice actor. Well, it was really just had, had nice production value. So I enjoyed that a lot mm-hmm. and I followed the thread, mm-hmm. which is a huge achievement. If you think about that, like from a design side where you're going to find this thing and a steam <clears throat> achievement. I think I played it on Xbox. <sighs> I'm not certain. I got Chivo. You got Chivo for sure. Yeah. Natural. Yeah. But, uh, to like go find a thing that's tucked behind a building hear like 20 seconds of voiceover and then 15 minutes later stumble upon another one and then still be on the story thread mm-hmm. in the back of your brain. It's that's awesome. Good. That's really yeah, fucking that's hard cool. to do. It's really good. I like that a lot in that game. Calumet though. Could not abide. <laughs> if you'd pre-ordered from one major reseller, you would have been able to get Catwoman. I don't pre-order games. I don't do that. Yeah. You did pre-order Blood Dragon. I know. I know. <laughs> we didn't play I have pre-ordered. I have pre-ordered three games, and I am never doing it again. Yeah. So Portal Two. Mm-hmm. Bioshock Infinite. Mm-hmm. Far Cry Three. Blood Dragon. That is correct. <laughs> you can see the arc of that curve. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do another question. That's please. All right. I'm trying to think of another game I like collectibles in. Oh Mario. Yeah Mario. Oh yeah Mario. Those coins are. Awesome. Red, red coins. coins. Oh, oh my god, yeah. Yoshi's no. Island red coins. Seriously? Well, yeah. Yeah, when when Nintendo went and put all the old Mario games out again on the Game Boy Advance, they all had yeah. the red coin red collectible coins. thing in them. So good. Yeah. Fuck. That was that was good. Yoshi's Island. Yeah. I actually that's the first time I ever wanted to like the notion of 100%ing a Mario level showed mm, up in that yeah. game and that game gets pooped on for being easy by some people. It's but people going fools. through getting all the stars, all the red coins and all the yeah. suns. Delicious. <laughs> because you're engaging the pure mechanics of the game to achieve right. a goal that you've yeah. set for yourself. It takes skill to get those coins. I mean, you're you're what the most sincere, the sincerest Brecken. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It does. It's not though. just yeah, stumbling yeah. across something. It's not, right. But it's like yeah. being yeah. really good at darts or something. You're going to go and you're going to try and try and try and get better at it. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way less in the later Mario in the 3D Mario games where 100%ing it actually meant that you had to go and play more levels outside of the main path that mm, I, never, yeah. that actually lost me I, that's sort of like getting 120 that, stars right in, yeah in that's what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. there I, there are some people for whom that's totally the deal but i really like the way they went through and did the yoshi's island style thing on the super nintendo games where it's just address the entire core content of the game but in a way that requires you to see every square foot of the content that everyone sees anyway yeah. i like that a lot it's always funny cool. when you meet somebody and they're like well, you know, and then I spent like 40 hours doing all that because I'm a completionist. And da, 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 da. Like, The moment somebody just self-describes as a completionist, I kind of, the back of my brain, a little thing flips. I'm like, wow, we're completely different humans. <laughs> like, what? Like the fact this? that that's like just tossed off. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I spent all these like thousands of hours like doing this. The, you know, the gulf between me right. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, you know, yeah, somebody of like, like a, like a, an, another animal might be smaller than the Jesus. person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Not like another a living creature. There's, yeah, yeah there, like, there are the two. It's so- that, oh, like, whoa, it just hits me with such like a wallop. I know my friend Alex really liked Super Mario Galaxy and he said, oh, I got every star in it. And then I played through Super Luigi Galaxy and got every star because I loved the game so much that I couldn't stop playing it. And that's such a different thing than, well, I had to because I'm a completionist. Like, right. It's always so, it always just strikes me really funny when somebody says it that. It also always makes me wonder if they're, if they're doing it now just because they self-define as a completionist or if they just know inside of themselves, I am the sort of person who must complete all the objectives. Because at a certain point, that also probably flips and you're just like, well, I'm the completionist guy. Mm, I yeah. got to just live up to my own self-definition. Yeah. Games and, are games are weird compared to other 
you know, compared to like a movie or a book or something. I listen to all because... the commentaries <laughs> and even the trailers for the VHS sequels. Because yeah. I'm a completionist. It's not quite the same, no, though, is not. it? Yeah, that's what I, like, it's, you know, it's just a different thing. Like, the, you know. The, the only thing it's kind of, no, sorry. Found all the deleted scenes. <laughs> like, I, you know, people who can't finish a book, who, mm-hmm. who can't put, who can't stop a book in the middle of it right. or something like that. But um, actually, we work with uh, this guy, Carl, who runs Baff's Guide to Interactive Fiction, which you should check out, which is awesome. But um, he is, he has a thing called The Stack, and he won't move to the next game in The Stack until he... Mm, roundly, roundly completes a game. Oh, that's, that's and funny. he actually wrote a blog post about it in terms of TF2, which he got really into for years because he mm-hmm. played it at lunch with us. So he played zero other games. But he's just sort of like, there's no way I beat this game. Yeah. But I've now just determined I've spiritually. Yeah. But did he actually literally play no other video games during that time? No, I don't think that's true. I think it was a supplement. But oh, okay. At one point, he and it was just funny to talk. Like you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it springboarded him into a yeah, realization. Sure. Yeah, it's very subjective. That's another right. weird, weird thing about games. Yeah. There's some of them that literally never end ever. You should. His writing on games is better than this podcast when it comes to. That. <laughs> it's, very <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, check it out. Perhaps I will. Um. Okay. Uh, Nicholas Verge. Oh man, I was gonna be Nick Brecken. Nick Brecken says, uh, "Hey guys." Oh, I'm Nick. from Quebec, and oh, so the oh, release weird. of uh, Sang-Froid, I guess, Tales of Werewolves, was really meaningful. Our cinema is known internationally and has a specific vibe, but our video games, mostly made in Montreal, are so diluted to fit in a globalized economy that we don't really get the same connection with those as Sang-Froid is able to make. Do you think we'll see more and more games like this that can express something other than the homogenized North American culture? Nicholas Verge. P.S. And a little inside hockey, my teacher in GD hmm, was lead on the Amazon. project... Oh, my teacher in game design is lead on the project, and the game cost us about not us. The game cost about six hundred thousand dollars to make. Okay. PPPSS. I dare you to say, Chris de Tabernac, Osti de Calis on air. Yeah, oh my god! Oh, oh, he totally got you. Yeah. Oh, why are you still here? <laughs> well, I've I've turned into a werewolf you didn't or something. Go spinning but, into a magical yeah, puzzle box. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You might have um, said something offensive to someone, though. Yeah, okay. I probably, I probably did. Mm-hmm. You just started war with Canada. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Um, yeah, I think this is a really interesting email because I, one of the unusual things about games is that you play them. Yeah, it's kind of weird how you do that. It's huh? not like passive media. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the one of the weird things about games traditionally is that they don't seem to have the same difficult like. People will play games from almost anywhere, and there's less of a a weird barrier than there is with films or something. Like, a lot of games get made in Japan or in Canada or in, like, all different places in Europe. And, like, maybe not as many as in some, some other places, mm-hmm. but it's kind of – by the time the game is released, like, it's just a game. Um, they're kind of – every game is sort of localized in the same kind of just generic way. Like, they're – Cultural differences, a lot of times, um, at least the service level ones, tend to get like rubbed out right. the way mainstream games well, are sometimes released. Sometimes they're designed to not be in there because, yeah, no, totally. because of yeah. the distribution model. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's like games are just kind of a, like weird, homogenized global product that targets gamers. Well, whenever a lot they of, sort of, of like accept that they're a global product, but also tie into the aesthetics of a certain place or region i think that's always really good yeah it is it's just i think it's a lot less common than in film or something yeah naturally but i think that that's i mean i don't know i think a lot of that is the distribution model 
and it's not just the culture of gamers. I think it's kind of both now because now it's sort of this time, right? Where like a small team from Belgium can make a game, but they know they're, they're, they're informed by what they know about the steam economics and what they know about digital mm-hmm. release. And these sorts right. Of well, they just have, they have to be able to fund themselves probably if they want to do a weird thing and sell it globally. Yeah. But I mean, look at something like year walk, mm-hmm. like that game is from Norway, I guess. Have you played that game yet? I have not played it. Yeah. You should check it out. It's cool. But that game... I never play games on my phone. I got to start checking some of this stuff. You have an iPad? I do. I just never... I never play mobile games. Yeah, like I would play ever. it on the iPad. Yeah. Um, but that game is like steeped in everything from about where they're from. Mm-hmm. And I don't think... I would say doesn't pander to the like a globalized marketplace as much yeah, as... Yeah, I mean, that's a nice thing about these... A really successful iPhone like game. Open like platforms yeah. or pseudo open platforms. Yeah. I don't know. So... But I hear that. I mean, I always like when we, I mean, I like the feeling I get from a game. Like, like the Stalker series is very much of a certain mm. oh, for sure. design aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Eastern, Eastern European PC stuff mm-hmm. definitely has its own really cool feel. Because they have their, they have, and I think part of that is because they have their own publishing infrastructure over there. I was just going to say yeah. that. So, like, mm-hmm. stuff can actually come out of there. You yeah. know, whereas There's a thing a made in, like, Montreal is just part of the exact same, like, EA, yeah. Ubisoft, right. like THQ complex that, that just creates, right. every, also just creates a, everything. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. There's a big audience that craves a very specific thing in that region as well, which is I think why like Germany still also has a really dedicated 2D adventure game scene that is completely separate from what you get in a lot of other places, even though it's sold Although what's weird about that is that the German adventure game scene is like totally modeled after the North American like classic adventure game template. Right, but right. it's still it's it's its own weird other thing at this point where people who played those games mm-hmm. don't don't care about that. <laughs> it's it's odd. Oh, they do probably. That's why they make like uh, no, Zach, I mean, Zach I McCracken mean, fan sequel and stuff. I mean, people who played North American adventure games now are not really connected. Oh, to, like, oh, oh, that's to that true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scene, except yeah. that it still kind of bleeds not, over yeah. in the same sites. Co- it's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The weird areas where there's an audience that's kind of like a certain thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But even as those games get on iOS and stuff like that, it's sort of... They, they sneak out a little more. Yeah. yeah, like a mom can discover Gemini Rue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Which is wild. Not that that's a German adventure game or anything. Yeah, but yeah. You know what I mean? The Whispered World or whatever, a mom could find that. I don't know if that's on iOS. Moms are never going to find these. No, I know what you mean, though. Like, Moms are cagey. As the, as that Mom. Yeah, that's because of the because of the distribution model. Yeah, global, I know. It's like those, fascinating to me. I've been really interested in that lately. Mm-hmm. Was, love. What? No love for mom? No, no, love, for no mom. love for mom. The sexy mom says, <laughs> yeah, no, no, so, no love for mom. That is a totally uh, different implication. Yeah, <laughs> is it a, no love for dad? Is married to Milfy? No love right. for mom. <laughs> I like this. They both. I like this story. This is just like the, the American Pie style thing, where then the right. person they're bo- yeah. they're both looking at like the seventeen right. year old kid, oh, God, and yeah. like the, he want, yeah, the kid the, the, is they, looking at both of them, they, and like they, entirely they, different. The adults like, on validation yeah. for seventeen year old for two totally different things. Yeah, right. Think I'm yeah. cool and laugh at my joke and bone me. Right. Oh, yeah. so good. Yes. <laughs> Or just think I'm sexy. Maybe not all the way to boning. But hey, look. (laughs) Open-minded. Next, reader man. (laughs) What? No love for dad? No love for your uncle. Yeah, it really starts to... (laughs) No love for mom. (laughs) Cigarette butt popped out. (laughs) 
With that weird coughing out of garbage that you do, like you think, is that a human? Like what sort of? If you were an animator, like what sort of two D crazy no, animation? It just, would you it just make? seems like a thing that would happen in a really really old cartoon. To like a hobo would cough. Still, for a cat like, would do that. Like, yeah, yeah. It's the, yeah, right. Just the idea that you've had yeah. some crumpled cigarette. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for so long, you don't even know it's there. It went out, and it just sort of you just fell asleep. Oh and God! Breathed it in. It, oh. And then it comes out an apple core and a fly come out. <laughs> no, that's never been in anything. Oh yeah, it has. Oh yeah, it has. Wink. What? No love for dad. What? What's happening? Anyway, I think we can all agree none of us have any love for dad. Yeah. Um, or mom, or me, <laughs> or Jake. <laughs> No love for Jake. Jude Jackson writes, hey, Thumbs, no love for Jake. Your discussion on Nick's tweets where you talked about boundaries as conundrums rather than arbitrary gates reminded me of Offspring Fling. I don't know how deep Chris got into that game, but if you go for beating time trial ghosts, there are ghosts that can't ever be beaten until you learn how to use unwritten exploits in the mechanics. Listen up, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> if you go for beating time trial ghosts. Yeah. yeah. God, oh, ghosts. what if Steve put a time trial ghost and gone home? Oh. <gasps> Clearly that game needs a time trial ghost. Steve. Call me. <laughs> Sorry, can you back up? I got distracted at time trial ghost. Um, he says it reminds me of Offspring did. Fling. He says, um, if you do go for beating time trial ghosts, there are ghosts that can't ever be beat until you learn how to use unwritten exploits in the mechanics. I thought that was fantastic. In that particular case, it was just time trials instead of actual level solutions, but it felt like something that could be used in a more open world game. A, a real world analogy that comes to mind is juggling. I recently taught myself how to juggle. I'm pretty okay with Shut three and off. can hand, and almost handle four now. When I started, I was looking at videos of people doing crazy four-ball vertical duplex patterns. And I thought, Jesus, I'll never figure that out. But once I figured out the three-ball cascade, a three-ball shower wasn't too hard to manage. And a two-ball fountain is a lot like a four-ball fountain. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) So I guess what I'm saying is, when I start a new game in the open-world juggling sim, I don't want to have to to work through the tossing one ball from hand-to-hand tutorial. I want to be able to go straight to the five-ball boss from the beginning and know that if I was way more badass, I could probably go straight to the seven-ball boss. I bet Jake's laughing at my balls right now, so I'm curious. Besides multiplayer games, I'm stunned by his balls. Do you know? Do you know about any games that have purely skill-based gates? Cheers, Jude Jackson. P.S. Sorry for two long emails in a row. P.P.S. No love for Jude. Did he really say that? No. Oh man, it's like wow. Little did he know. Oh, that would become a thing. Uh, I don't have the answer for this. I I don't. I mean, Kerbal. Yeah. This is this is really stupid. This is a dumb tangent. I shouldn't be saying anything right now. Do you remember it's the do you remember, do you remember the first assignment you ever gave me at Shack News and you sent me that weird Oh man, yes. This weird it's, <laughs> it's like my first day on the job, like GDC twenty well, I guess it was two thousand seven. Twenty odd seven. Whatever. Yeah, twenty odd seven. And um and Chris sends me down to the show floor to talk to these guys who are making an MMO that was based entirely on math. It was called Project Hippogriff, as I recall. Yeah. And I was talking to these guys for like two hours, and they, they I think they received some kind of like university funding, and they were really excited. They were explaining like the <laughs> concept of like how you would, you know, like you would have to do like calculus in order to level up your character. It was like really, all right, you know, okay, cool. I was like writing notes, trying to be good. And then I write this preview, this very straight draw. It was my first game preview ever. And then, like, two days later, something awful just gets a hold of that and just shits all over this poor game. Like, just rips into it. 
on how like goofy and silly the idea is. Like, why would you ever want to? But actually, now that I'm thinking about it, like, I kind of want to play that game. Like, <laughs> I kind of wish that game. Existed. Did it ever come out? No, I don't think so. No, I felt really bad about it. Anyway, that was a dumb, hey, you did your part. story, but yeah. But you feel like that game because you could go in and be like, oh, I am a PhD mathematician. Yeah, I'm gonna jump. Yeah, yeah, just blow through the stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I always um, DayZ sort of is only is gated by your ability Pro, to get stuff. Project Hypassus. Hippogriff Harry Potter. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, no, that's Hufflepuff and. Hippogriff. Oh, no, that's that beaked thing. That's a thing. It's an animal. Nick sat that down with Frozen North CEO Julian Spillane and Infu- Infusion's God. Gregory Brill to find out what exactly Project Apassus is. Yeah. You, were you sitting? Two hours. You no, I weren't. No, I was standing. So it starts it's with already a lie. A lie. Yeah. Sorry, I lied in this post. Oh, man, the link is broken in the Shack News <laughs> Well, let's, we're cutting post. this off right now. What? I think a lot of old Shack News articles got eaten in their yeah. last redesign. I think they killed a lot of stuff, which means yeah. the only time that I was ever a paid journalist is erased from the internet. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, God. That's right. You were, oh, yeah. I covered E306 for Shaq. Wow. Yeah. That was nice because Telltale also paid me for that week. Oh, man. <laughs> you double dipped. <laughs> I got permission. Dan's going to ask for that, like... $700 back or whatever you got <laughs> it bums me out that I can't read this article anymore yeah uh-huh. well so are we going are we going somewhere with that then no no just, the, the, just I mean Nick just thought he I, could be a calculord and only, go in there and I only ever think of that for games when you already have acumen within the game like yeah. I played like played through Mario Sunshine start to finish then just right. like you can wreck that you know you can wreck a game immediately if you've done that. Or the most extreme version is speedrunners who will play a game to the point that they have such right like dexterous mechanical acumen in the game that they can just go and flip over a wall or clip through a place and then end up two thirds of the way through mm-hmm. a level in half a second, which is not the same thing because the game doesn't want you to do that. Right. Yeah, but I, I mean games that have like really deep, like really really tough to master, like really steep learning curves. I think have a lot of that stuff in them. Like mm-hmm. Skate, the Skate series was always that way to me, where it's like, oh man doing an ollie in this game is really difficult and then you see people doing crazy shit on youtube mm. and i always feel like because the challenges of that game are so rudimentary and you always feel like you're you always feel like you're competing against your ability to play the game as opposed to the arbitrary challenges that are set in front of you that that game kind of felt like that to me i felt like that about ssx when i played those games until yeah. i went back and played on a new save and was pissed to discover that all of my dexterity was also tied at that point to the response time of the gated boards that you don't mm. get until you're probably through the uh, game that sucks so i went all the way back and i was like i'm just going to you know tear through this game now that i yeah. have a clean save mm-hmm. No, yeah. I'm not. I could be completely sucks. wrong. I, that's a real I'm bummer. I'm thinking all the way back to Skate 1, but I think Skate 1 is yeah, pretty much skate, at the beginning. It's like more whatever you can do, yeah. you can do. Yeah, skate yeah, yeah. was like, really impressive in that respect. Yeah. I mean, I think even Tony Hawk was pretty good about that. And, right? Um, like Tony Hawk doesn't gate you with the skateboard or anything. I don't. I mean, even I SSX, I was still really? better than I was the first yeah. time I played through that it. That sucks. But I didn't remember the, that the response time and the, you know, just whatever jump height or turn speed, right. those things do yeah. get better. So your chains mm-hmm. are not entirely skill based. You know, it's a, it's a combination. Madden. Because I feel like if you games. go, if you go back yeah. far enough, if you're good. You're good. Like people didn't do all that. Like RPG mechanics were not part, right? Like early Tony Hawk games, like the concept RPG, of experience dude. points and like leveling up your thing wasn't really a, as common as it is now. And so I feel like there wasn't... Early Tony Hawk might have been more about just getting more levels. 
Yeah. I can see boards that are like speed and jump, like with that was star ratings. By the second SSX game, they had they SSX, had SSX sure, but like I don't. I, just, I just don't remember seeing that in Tony Hawk. I could be totally wrong. I could be mm-hmm. making up memories in my brain. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you just cheated the best. Thanks board. for that email. Yeah. 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 Some people suggested to me on Twitter that Eve would fall into that category, but it really doesn't. I don't feel because why is that? Um, because I mean, technically, it does. If you jump into Eve uh, and are just an insane mastermind and get really lucky, or have a friend who gives you money or something, like you can go through that gate. But the gate for most people is like so incredibly microscopic that right. it doesn't. But that really feels like saying book. like tomorrow I'm going to be a stockbroker. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, yeah for one, for one guy could. that might work. Right. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. It has to be opportunistic. Like you have to have it. You know. But mostly yeah. you're going to become a badass by yeah. just getting beat up a lot. Right. And just being around. Yeah. For a decade. Yeah. Cool. Well. Cool. Uh, that just about does it for another episode of Idle Thumbs. If you have questions, write to us at questions at idlethumbs.net. Also, we don't talk we haven't talked about this in a bit, but if you wouldn't mind, if you like the podcast, please review us on iTunes. Give us a good number of stars. It actually does bump us up. Can I be perfectly honest? I check the iTunes like ranking like once a week. <laughs> <laughs> Usually on Thursdays after the episodes uh-huh. come out. Yeah. So it would be really nice if I checked it. And we a lot of people listen on, on iTunes. Not a lot of people rate things. So if you want other people to like the podcast you like, rate it nice. And if a few people do that, you go bump it up the charts pretty high for a couple days. It's kind of a surprise. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird how that happens. We are shameless but also, in asking for that, so whatever. Do we're it. doing, like, it's been great. Like, we've been getting more readers here and there over the past few months, and it's been really cool mm-hmm. to see that happening. So thanks, thanks for, for helping. Thanks yeah. for listening to the podcast, guys. And for listening. That was really weird. You guys both kind of said the same thing, but off by like half yeah. a second. It was odd. By like it half was a second. It's it kind of weird. Odd. Yeah, it was strange. A little strange. Show me just, the just could you, I, could that. you give me Why the you just diagrams? The diagrams would like them, please. What? He never, what? What? <laughs> Excuse, pardon? No love for idol. Really sad injured dog. Oh, <laughs> podcast. Oh, that's Steve Gainer here. <laughs> oh, hey guys. <laughs> Steven. Yep. God, hold on. Steve oh, mode wow. active. Where's uh, that fucking lever? Oh, do it. Oh, games. Oh, hey. Oh, and then he goes like this. Hey. Huh? Huh? Oh man, oh fuck. Hi guys, it's Steven. <laughs> Please leave a message. Yeah, was, that, was that also Steve? That was, I was trying to do Steve's laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know, it's kind of like That's a. That's pretty good. It's close. It's leave okay. a message. Hi. Uh, it's it's got to be like a little sexual. Have you noticed Hi. that? Hi. It's Steven. Steven. <laughs> you have to like wait leave on the room. S, like. It's Steven. It's Steven. <laughs> oh. oh, God, please leave a message. <laughs> Sorry. He doesn't need this. Nobody needs this. Crowdfunded Eternal Darkness sequel. <laughs> <laughs>